Hey. Would you turn to the book of Revelation in the New Testament, Revelation chapter 1. We're going to be reading verses 1 through 8. Good to see you today. That was pretty good. Hey, you did without practice, but uh, we're glad to see you today. Thank you so much to our choir. Thank you to Aaron, Sarah leading us in worship today. It is a great day to be in the house of the Lord. And you know, you have finished well. This is the last day officially of our church year. We begin a new church here in September. And uh, so you have uh, done well to be here today. We're glad to see you. One of the reasons we kind of have a heyday today. And uh, many of you know, of course, heyday was started like 1947. Auburn University welcoming students that were coming back from World War II. I don't know if they've done it every year since, but it has become a tradition. And we have unapologetically and without shame stole it from Auburn University to come to be able to be here today. And now they have a heyday market with food court. Well, listen, ours is even better and larger and it's free. So uh, you want to come and be a part of that today. And if you're a guest here today particularly, you're not a member of First Baptist Church, whether it's your first time here or you've been here many, many times know that we're doing this today primarily for you. So you're thinking, should you come today? And uh, you're here already. Should you come? We have, of course, Bible study in the next hour, Sunday schools, and uh, we'll have a service, but then at 12 o'clock we'll start serving. We want you to come, and we want you to be a part of all the things that are going on today. We're in Revelation chapter 1. We're going to begin reading verses 1 through 8. Very familiar verses maybe to some of you, but would you stand and honor the reading of God's Word today? The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show to his servants the things that must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant John, who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, even to all that he saw. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear and who keep what is written in it, for the time is near. John to the seven churches that are in Asia. Grace to you and peace from him who is, who was, and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the kings on earth, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood, and made us a kingdom, priest to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever, amen. Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him, and all the tribes of the earth will well on account of him. Even so, amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. May the Lord bless the reading of his holy word today, and you may be seated today. It was in the year 2020 that I began to say that over the next 10 years, we're going to be working our way through the Bible on Sunday mornings, that uh, we're just going to make our way from book to book and make our way uh, through there so that uh, we might be able to know and be focused on all of God's Word. And uh, uh, we, I figure there's about 40 weeks out of the 52 weeks that maybe we're concentrating particularly on that, taking a little bit of a break today for heyday and uh, for our emphasis here today. And then a couple of weeks back, we'll start again. But I figure there are about 40 times a week, uh, 40 times a year that we'll be focusing on working our way through the Bible. So in 10 years, that's about 400. So I'm looking for the top 400 essential passages and chapters that we need to look at. Though there's still about 1,200 chapters in the Bible, so it's hard to pick and choose, and we know that every part of it is important. So as I have said this, I have said, so I will, if, if you... Uh, allow me and the Lord tarries and if you allow me to continue to be your pastor that I'll meet you in Revelation in 2030. 
Well, I've had more than one of our seasoned adults, some who have as many birthdays or more than I do, to say, Brother Jeff, could we go ahead and do Revelation because I'm not sure that I'm going to be around in 2030. It may be they weren't sure that I was going to be around in 2030. But uh, So we're taking this little break, and we're going to be looking this week particularly at this introduction to Revelation relevant to our purposes here today. You know, the uh, movies, books, and the uh, series continue to be popular like the Jesus Revolution and the Chosen. Many of you remember the Left Behind series. Well, Jerry Jenkins, the uh, co-author of Left Behind, father of uh, Dallas Jenkins, said when asked, why these are so popular, not just for people of faith, but even some people who don't show any faith or any interest in church at all. He says that it's popular because people have a heart for God whether they admit it or not. I do believe that people are interested, not just in prophecy, but maybe in their own future, what the future holds, and recognize that there's something beyond themselves, something that is bigger than this world, bigger than themselves, and there is something that is missing for those who do not have a relationship with the Lord Jesus. Preaching on Revelation, even in this first chapter, is going to have a little bit of a prophetic feel to it. But we are interested always in teaching and preaching the entirety of God's Word. So let's talk Revelation and prophecy maybe for just a moment. Now, probably people usually lean on one extreme or the other. Some of you, you love Revelation. You love talking about Revelation. Uh, just the mention of it makes your spiritual mouth begin to water. If it's prophetic preaching on radio or television, turn it up. We have our favorite preachers and websites that show prophetic fulfillment of the things that are happening, the things that you hear in the news. I'm sure that there's probably an app for that. If you're stuck on a deserted island and you could only have one book of the Bible, you'd want it to be the book of Revelation or the last half perhaps of the book of Daniel. Or well, maybe you're like a lot of us who maybe, uh, you know, Revelation and Daniel, those are just lots of symbols and things and prophecies that are a little too hard to understand. Let's leave it to the experts. You know, everything's going to pan out in the end. We'll just trust God's going to take care of that. We're not going to worry about it. Now, you may not be that one extreme or the other, but you probably lean one way toward the other. Some of you that know me, you could probably guess which way I lean. I lean more toward God's going to work it all out in the end. Now, I do preach prophecy. I, it, I'll, I'll probably not be your favorite prophecy preacher, at least not yet. But I do uh, don't pretend to understand everything in the book of Revelation. I believe God's going to work it all out. And I will preach prophecy mostly to tell you that I know that Jesus is coming again. And we want to be ready. We want to place our faith in Jesus. We want our faith to continue to grow. But I will tell you how important this book is, not so that we'll understand all the signs and the seasons and the symbols, but so that we might know more about the Savior. So regardless of how you lean toward prophecy or lean away from that which may seem hard to understand, today may you lean spiritually forward with excitement as we look at these very important verses and make some application today. Walk with me through these verses. Revelation chapter 1 and verse 1 begins the first few words. The revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, the word revelation, the original language is apocalypsis or apocalypse. It means to unveil or to reveal that which was hidden. So it means to uncover or to reveal openly. Who is it that the revelation is of? Well, we see it here in just in these first few verses. Jesus says, hey from on high and he's got more to tell you 
He's got more that he wants you to know, particularly about himself. This is a revelation of, about, and from the Lord Jesus. Now, it's a very important information for understanding and revealing the glory of Christ. Revelation becomes much, more, much less applicable to our daily lives when all we see are hidden meetings and we get bogged down with predictions and pontificating. It becomes a lot more clear how we might be able to make application when we realize its intent. It is to teach us more about Jesus. And the more you learn about your Savior, the more you learn about yourself, the more you learn about God's plan for you for today and for the future and God's plan for His church. Now, this passage reveals several things about Jesus. We read here in titles or descriptions, particularly in verse 5, about the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, the ruler over kings of the earth. The faithful witness is a reference to the ministry of Jesus Christ on earth. He came and he proclaimed the love of God to a lost world. Now, if you have an important message to proclaim to those who need to hear, you send a messenger or a witness that can be trusted. John 18, verse 37, Jesus said, To this end was I born, for this cause I came into the world, that I might bear witness to the truth. Now, there was only one way to get the full truth, all that the Lord wanted us to know, and that was to send the Son of God from heaven. And the word for witness, it's the same word for martyr. He was the faithful martyr. Jesus was faithful to the very end, and he gave his life to be a witness for the love of God. Also, he was firstborn from the dead. Jesus was not the first one to come back to life on earth. He was the first one, though, to be resurrected with a new body, never to die again, not just resuscitated to die again. The firstborn is not a reference to time, but to importance. He is the supreme one of all who will be made alive in Christ, of all those who will be resurrected. He is the preeminent one, and he leads the way. Now that title, Faithful Witness, it speaks in a reference to his ministry. The firstborn from the dead speaks of his, in reference to his mission. But also he's the ruler over the kings of the earth. Of these descriptions, this is the only one that we have yet to be able to see fully in Christ. In other words, we know that he was the faithful witness. He was faithful that he brought and told us the truth and was the example for us. We know that he was the firstborn from the dead because he came and he rose again, seen by many, even 500 at one time. But of these descriptions, we recognize we've only seen a glimpse of his kingdom when he talks about the ruler over the kings of the earth. In Daniel chapter 4 and verse 37, it says that he is the king of heaven. Matthew chapter 2 and verse 2, he's the king of the Jews. In John 1, 49, he's the king of Israel. 1 Timothy 1, 17, he talks about being king of the ages. Psalm 24, 7 says that he is the king of glory. Revelation chapter 15 and verse 3, he's the king of saints. In Revelation 19, 16, he is the king of kings. Now, this revelation is an unveiling of his kingdom. Why would you not want to pay attention? Why would you not want to read and to heed his word? In Psalm 89, God said, I will make him, speaking of the coming Savior, I will make him my firstborn, higher than the rulers of the earth and a faithful witness. Rulers over the kings of the earth reveals his authority. Now, this description of Jesus is further revealed as a member of the Trinity. The word or title Trinity is never used anywhere in the Bible, but it's revealed in several places, such as this passage that we read. We've 
We have it here in John's greeting to the seven churches, particularly in uh, verses 4 and the first part of verse 5, Revelation chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. Kind of, let's work our way backwards in that verse. Notice the first part of verse 5, speaking of the greeting, he's coming from Jesus Christ. The greeting is from Jesus. Also, you might notice the greeting is from the seven spirits who are before his throne, seven being a word for perfection, recognizing this is a reference to the Holy Spirit. And it is also a description here of a greeting from God, the Heavenly Father, the one who is and the one who was and the one who is to come. It's repeated again, did you notice in verse 8, that he is the one who is and the one who was and who is to come, the Lord God. And then it says again there at the end of the verses we read in verse 8 that he is the Almighty. It is uh, equivalent to the El Shaddai in the Hebrew. He's God Almighty. Repeated again in chapters 21 and 22, in the last chapter's description of Jesus, the second person of the Trinity. In other words, it says that Jesus is the one that who is, who was, and who is to come. And the Trinity reveals his identity. It's recognizing for us, it's an unveiling that begins in chapter 1, and then it continues, and we see in the last chapter in Revelation that Jesus is God in the flesh, repeating what we know from the Gospels, what we know from all of the New Testament. First, we used a couple of weeks ago, I guess, on we're talking about sharing the good news of the Gospel from Isaiah 52 and verse 7. It says, How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation who say to Zion, your God reigns. Notice, Jesus is God in the flesh. Not only does he rock, but he reigns. He's the ruler of the ages, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, which must mean God has everything under control. Now, not everything that happens in this life is caused by God, particularly those bad things and the tragedies that happen. We live in a fallen world and we recognize these things happen. We do believe that nothing happens, and the Scripture tells us, unless it sifts through the hand of God. Nothing happens apart from His knowledge and His foreknowledge. He knows all things, but all things will and can fit into His plan. It's part of understanding the power and the authority of God, knowing that God can use all things for His purposes. We, even those of us who are believers, have seen but a glimpse of His rule so far, but we see... We will see more when he comes again. As a matter of fact, that verse 7 that we read a moment ago, Revelation chapter 1 and verse 7, is kind of key to the entire message of the 22 chapters in Revelation. Here's how it says it in the message. It says, and yes, he's on his way. Riding the clouds, he'll be seen by every eye. Those who mocked and killed him will see him. People from all nations and all times will tear their clothes and lament. Oh, yes, that's how the message says, Amen. Oh, yes. Do you, do you remember hearing maybe some time back something that we were referring to maybe on news and media about hidden cash? That there was a fellow who was a multimillionaire and he decided that he would leave cash in envelopes hidden around different cities, mostly in California. And people that usually is in amounts of like $100 or $200, sometimes less and sometimes more, but he would then give clues on Twitter. Now, people that found the cash, they sure seemed to be happy. In fact, it caught on. In fact, 
other cities and other people of fortune were leaving cash and clues in order to be found in cash. I can't, was this may have been during the time of COVID, so people had something to do. I don't know, but boy, wouldn't that be nice to find some cash that uh, not have to pay anything back and to be able to give it back guilt-free and tax-free perhaps. I don't know. And uh, we kind of hoped that maybe it would come to Auburn, Alabama. Well, it may never make it to Auburn, Alabama. I got to tell you, the hidden cash. But he is on his way. It's the good news. Now, what do we need to do with this information? John writes that every eye will see him. This will not be hidden. This will not be on some account or some clues only for a select few. Even those who pierced him will see him. A reference to those who placed him on the cross and a particular reference to who were God's people, the Jewish people whom God will save if they put their trust in him. The difference will be if they or if we repent of our sins before Jesus comes and we will be happy or we will be sorry if we've not placed our faith in Jesus and repented of our sins after he comes because once Jesus comes, it will be too late. But this is also a reference to you and I who are followers of Jesus for it was our sins that placed Jesus on the cross. We pierced his hands and feet by our transgressions do you remember the spiritual song that sometimes we sing at Easter time? Were you there when they crucified my Lord? Were you there? Well, at least our sins were there that placed Jesus on the cross. Jesus died and rose again. The Bible says in Acts chapter 1 that he, Jesus ascended in the clouds and he will return in the same way. We read it from Acts chapter 1 to Revelation chapter 1. He's coming back in the clouds and clouds are a symbol of God's presence and glory. And Jesus will return in all his glory and every eye will see him from all nations of the earth. We don't know when. Oh, but the Bible says we need to be ready. According to verse 1 and verse 3, when will it be? Well, depending on your translation, it may say that it will be soon or quickly. In verse 1 and verse 3, it says the time is near. Well, it's been a couple of thousand years. So does it seem quickly? What's the meaning? Peter tells us the Lord is patient, not want anyone to perish, and one day is a thousand years, and a thousand years like a day. So that could explain it. So by the Lord's calendar, it's hardly been a couple of days. The word soon also means certain. We know it's imminent. When it happens, it will happen quick in the twinkle of an eye, and the lightning flash, the prophetic events will happen quick. But it also carries with it another meaning or application. It means it could happen any time. It could happen today. Before the sun goes down today. Before we finish this worship service. Oh, how do you think you'd react? Come, Jesus, come. Or will you have sorrow? The Bible talks about two reactions to his second coming. Many will cry out and wail because of their sins and the coming judgment. But those in Christ will rejoice at the sight of Jesus coming in the clouds. I think the point in the scripture is there is no in-between. Those who are apathetic now, uncaring or unconcerned, will face the reality of sinful hearts or you will be overjoyed and give glory to Christ because your sins have been washed away. The revelation has revealed already a lot about Jesus. What do we do so far with what we know? We're to bring glory to his name today for we have hope and we can trust in him. It will not be the last time that we talk about Jesus coming again, but do you believe that he is coming again? 
Do you believe that there is a home in heaven awaiting for all those who have placed their faith? Well, if that's true, and every time we talk about Jesus coming again and we say, yes, we believe, yes, we have hope in a being in heaven one day, then we can be sure and we can trust that He is with you even today. He cares for you and He cares for your every need. We're learning what these first few verses in Revelation tell us about Jesus so far, but we also learn from the writer of Revelation. John, the beloved, the fisherman turned fisher of men, the brother of James, the one who wrote several of the books of the New Testament, including the gospel with his name, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, and the writer we have here, the last book of the New Testament. We see a lot of similarities in his writing. In John 1, 1, he begins talking about Jesus by saying, in the beginning was the Word, calls Jesus the Word. Did you notice in verse 2 that we read a moment ago, there John bore witness again to the Word of God. Gospel of John is famous for all the I am sayings of Jesus. Where Jesus said, I am the door, I am the truth and the life, I am the bread of life and many others. And and again, we find it in verse 8 of Revelation chapter 1. So he says, I am the Alpha and the Omega. Here is a direct connection to the Old Testament name of God that was given to Moses there at the burning bush when Moses asked him, who should I say sent me? And he said, my name is I Am. He's Yahweh God. You know what the definition or a definition of this name of God means he is the one who is, who was and who is to come, repeated twice in these first eight verses. Now, John lived during the time of intense persecution. All of the disciples except John died a martyr's death, and we know that John was uh, exiled to live on the Isle of Patmos. And there he received the revelation, sometimes from Jesus himself, sometimes from an angel like what we're reading here, sometimes in a vision. But when he talked about himself, well, the greatest attribute that he could give about himself was that he was a servant of Jesus Christ and a witness to our Lord and Savior. And while they tried to stop his witness by putting him on a deserted island, Jesus spoke, and again, he witnessed the power of God and the greatest revelation about the future victory with Jesus. What an encouragement this must have been to him during that time, exiled on the island. Oh, what an encouragement it must have been to the seven churches that he wrote to that were uh, being persecuted during that time. What an encouragement it should be and can be and will continue to be to all the churches ever since. All those who will pay attention. But notice, the hay from Jesus on high came to the angel. And then the hay came from the angel to John. And then John sent a hay from Hey, on high from John to the seven churches and then to us. And he writes three ways that you can experience blessings right now. Three ways that you can experience blessings right now according to verse 3. You're blessed today if you will read, hear, and keep God's word. Blessed or blessed, same word that we think of when we think of the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus began with the Beatitudes. Many times we find in the Scripture of course, that it's being used. Now, sometimes or maybe oftentimes we think of being blessed or we say we're blessed. We're really talking about our health or our wealth. 
Sometimes even the words blessed, depending on your translation, sometimes it's even translated as happy. But the better understanding of what it means to be blessed is to be in a position and a place to be used by God to be able to get on the action of kingdom work. I may have told you some of this before, but I had a seminary professor, a preacher of New Testament. And every time he would be uh, lecturing, he would talk about, he would use the word behoove. I never heard that word before, but he said it would behoove you to know this. We knew every time he said the word behoove, we were going to see it again. We were going to see it on a test. More people wrote notes when he said the word behoove. We paid attention. Listen, when you see the word blessed in the Bible, you should want to pay attention because you know something is happening, something that here that we want to be able to pay attention to. So the word blessed is like that in the Bible. Let's pay attention. You want guaranteed blessings today by God's definition of blessed? Uh, you'll be blessed today if you just merely come to worship and Listen and participate. Listen about what's being said today according to what we're reading to true today. It's true for all of God's word. He's speaking primarily though to this writing. But wait, you'll also be blessed if you come with Bible in hand, read along with me, watch and see what's being said is true and even read and find out for yourself. And while you'll receive some good from listening, even more by reading for yourself, attain more by your reading, how much more if you come maybe even with a pen and notes in hand and you actually write down and maybe keep the notes and be able to have what you has been said and maybe what the Lord has revealed to you and write that down that way you can keep it with you come on but you know when it says to keep God's word it means more than just keep the words around you or even to remember the words but it is to heed what God's word says to follow along to be obedient and faithful in what the Lord is teaching us as well now, the book of Revelation, it really does not have a lots of commands. There are those three here, but not lots of commands and action plans like Paul's writing the Gospels. But the Word of God will lead to action and true like Christ-like character as we learn from Him and learn to be more like Him and more about Him. He'll mold us, shape us into people who can be used by God. And that's the true blessing. We're doing this 100 days of Bible reading. You've got maybe as you came in, beginning September 1st, we encourage you to read. We really just encourage you to read God's Word. But there's something about us reading some of the same passages that you have. We have conversations in hallways and classrooms. Oh, I was reading this. What would you think about this? I didn't understand that. You know, this is what the Lord revealed to me. You can follow along. So we encourage you to be reading God's Word. You may have your own study and reading plan, and that would be fine. But if you want to come along with us, in fact, I encourage you, come along with us. And if it's not just in the reading plan, but us as we continue this journey, which includes searching the, the Bible, discovering more and more about Jesus and finding true direction for your life, it help us to find direction for our church as well. We also learn something about Jesus from the recipients of this letter. John writes specifically to the seven churches in Asia, real churches. If they still existed, they'd be located now not in Asia, but in Asia Minor and modern-day Turkey. Now, the churches were not just symbols, but John writes that's been revealed about them for hope, admonishment, and encouragement. And the number seven is also a number of completion. So John wrote not just to these churches, but to all churches 
for all time until Jesus comes. We live during the church age, which is from the time of the ascension to the time of now to the time Jesus comes again. But it goes deeper than that. He's not writing just to the seven churches, not just to all churches of all time. He's writing to this church, Parkway Baptist Church, as if we were the only ones, and to everyone who is here today so that we might be able to understand more about who Jesus is for reasons that are known and unknown so that we might be prepared not just for the future of the universe but the immediate future and even for today whatever that may bring so are you ready we come to now give you the message what message does revelation have for you today it's found in verses 5 and 6 in case you were wondering Jesus loves you that's what the scripture tells us no matter who you are, no matter what you've done. Even if you're here today and you are not sure, you can be assured, red, yellow, black, or white, you are precious in His sight. But also Jesus has set you free by the forgiveness of sin. He's washed your sins by the shedding of His, shedding of his own blood. While the first one, Jesus loves you, that's true of everyone. Everyone in the world, Jesus loves and wants to bring you to Him. The second part is only true of all those who've called upon Him, placed their faith in Him, asked Christ to forgive of sin. It's only by the blood of Jesus, the Scripture tells us, is the remission of sin. And the message is, don't be left out. If you've not given your heart and life to Jesus, be sure that you give your heart and life to Him today. But there's another way, even for disciples of Jesus to be left out, not out of heaven, but left out of the richness of walking close with Him and growing in Christ. And he, this is the message for you right now. He's made you royalty and a priest. Scripture says it like this. We read it a moment ago. He's made you a kingdom. Now, it doesn't mean we're the kings. Jesus is the king. Not mean one day we're going to be kings. We are royalty. We're children of the king. But together we make up a kingdom. We are, are the priesthood of Jesus. Well, the first is true for everyone. Jesus loves you. Second is true if you've given your heart and life to Him. The burden and curse of sin has been washed away. And you are able to, be, to live freely. And the third, while true, is only experienced in His life for those who seek to walk in His footsteps daily. You're a child of the King. Royalty, ready to reign with Him on high. You're also priest which means that you have immediate access to the throne room of heaven at any time, and you can intercede for others as well. So the message for you is don't be left behind. God has a plan for the universe, and He has a plan for you that will not only affect your life, but also those around you. Enjoy being with Jesus as a child of the King and a priest for, with, for the Lord God. No reason for you to live as paupers any longer. We need to live as we, our Heavenly Father is the King of the universe. We've been forgiven. We have access to Him at any time. You're invited today to be a part of kingdom work. Pastor by the name of Thilman. Pastor Thilman had a stroke. He was in the hospital. He recovered, though he still was very weak. When he got out of the hospital, the doctor told him, Maybe it'd be good for him to take a vacation, like go to the beach or something. Well, he loved to go to the beach and loved to fish. And 
So he went with his buddy and decided to get on the boat and go fishing one day. And boy, they were really having a good day. They're catching a lot of fish, so many that they didn't notice the dark clouds that were heading their way or the storm that was approaching. As a matter of fact, didn't notice as they were reeling in another fish. Suddenly, a wave came over the boat and turned the boat over. They weren't wearing life jackets. When the boat turned over, gasoline from the boat fell on top of him and his buddy, and he's weak from his stroke anyway. And here he is as a pastor. He says, I remember thinking, what a silly way to die. He did remember the first thing he needed to do to go to the boat, even if it's upside down, but we got to the boat, it sank. But he thought, man, what a... He talked about martyrs of the faith who had given their life for Jesus, and here he was out fishing. He was going to die. What a silly way to do this. And it was the words that he said... He said every time he went under, thought it would be his last time. And then he was sure it was the very last time that he was going under. Just then a Coast Guard cutter came by and a big burly officer grabbed him by the pants and pulled him and his buddy in for safety. Well, this pastor saw this picture, this illustration. Every Coast Guard cutter is trained in survival. And probably a Coast Guard officer would do much better in that same situation, might even be able to save himself. But that's not the only reason the Coast Guard officer is trained, just in order that they might save themselves. They are trained so that they might be able to save others. Here we have Parkway Baptist Church, our first heyday at Parkway to remind us we don't study and come and be able to worship simply to benefit ourselves, though there is that. But it is so that we might glorify and we might be able to honor our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and perhaps learn ways in which we might be able to help others who need His savings grace. Come along with us as we move into this new church here. Come along so that we might be able to be that lean, mean, disciple-making machine and we don't be left out in what God has in store for our church and what He has in store for you. So here's our invitation, your last blank on there, when Jesus comes again or when Jesus is at work or He works again, He's working every day, don't be left out. By the way, if you're ever on a deserted island and if you only get one chapter, or maybe you only get eight verses, it'd be okay to take these. Let's bow together. Gracious Heavenly Fathers, we come to you in this worship service. We come to glorify your holy name. We thank you of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who is the first born of the dead to be resurrected so that we might be raised to new life. We're thankful that we can come and we can call ourselves children of the King, be a part of the priesthood of believers, have access to the throne room of heaven, that we can come with assurance that when we pray today, we know that you hear our prayers. We thank you for that very thing. We thank you that you have revealed even more of yourself today. Not just a name tag for you, but you have, we've been able to see more and more of you today, perhaps than we've seen before. Certainly more found in your word. We pray that we may continue to search out you, know more of you, so that we might be able to live for you even more. Help us, Father, to be not left out, but to be a part of where you're working each and every day. We pray, Father, if there's one or more here today, listening today, they don't know Christ as their Lord and Savior. If all these descriptions about Jesus is foreign to them, but they can come and they can know Christ personally today, we know, we pray, Father, today they're calling upon you, asking for forgiveness of sin, asking Christ to come in and be Savior and Lord. Thank you for how you continue to be at work in this service and in our church. It's in Christ's name we lift these prayers. Amen.
Would you please stand? We're going to have our song of commitment today. As we do, we want you to follow the Lord's direction in your, in your life. As we've talked about today, if you don't know Christ as your Savior and Lord, and you want to know how still you come, or you want to pray with somebody, then you come. Maybe you've already accepted Christ, maybe today or maybe sometime in the past, but you've never made it public, or you want to come for baptism. We encourage you to come today as the Lord leads. If you want to join the Parkway Baptist Church family, you come become a member of our church. You just come let one of us know. I'm going to be standing down here at the front. We have all of our staff down here. We love to talk with you. You just come and let us know. We'll be glad to tell you next steps for that. We'd love to pray for you. If you'd like to come and pray, need somebody to pray with you today, or if you need to come pray at our altar.